Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Abbey. Cheers, everyone. We are coming to you live tonight with a little Facebook live action, a little YouTube action. I'm going to do a little review of our live mock that we pulled off on Saturday afternoon, right, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. It was a great time. Hope you uh, were able to catch us live. If not, it is still on the YouTube page. You can check it out whenever you get a chance. Yeah, we're going to share with you some of the stuff that that we came up with on Saturday, the results of the, the live mock, kind of what our thinking, what our process was as we went through the selections. And um, it'll be kind of a, a, a sped-up version of yeah. what we did on Saturday and uh, give you a chance to take a look at um, what our overall draft board looked like when it was completed. So um, without further ado, we'll jump in on that. We also have uh, tonight on the episode, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, Valspar Championship coming up, review the crazy UFC that we saw on Saturday <laughs> night. Unreal. Uh, wildly intense. So uh, let's uh, let's kick it off, Tom. Yeah. And uh, we'll start right now. We'll jump up with uh, the top five picks that we had, and we used the Draft Network um, and their mock draft machine as we were going along. Uh, shout out to those guys, man. They do such a great job, don't they, Tom? It it's so much fun to do on there. You can pick like we pick all the teams. So we can make all our selections. You can pick one team and do all seven rounds. You can pick. All the teams just do the first round, whatever you want. Um, they make it very easy uh, and accessible for you. Yeah, so we jumped right in, and Tom was selecting the odd number selections. I was selecting the even number selections. And uh, we started right off with Trevor Lawrence uh, to Jacksonville, which I feel like is a no-brainer. Uh, this has been the pick for a very long time now. Ever since yeah. Jacksonville had the number one pick, this is who it was going to be. Yep. And then uh, Zach Wilson to the Jets. That's become pretty much consensus at this point. Um, everyone sees that happening. Yeah. Uh, the trade of Sam Darnold made that a certainty. Yeah, not a lot of mystery in the first two, but three is where it starts to get a little fun. Yeah. Um, some reports came out after our mock draft that Justin Fields was going to be eliminated from the process there in San Francisco. I'm not entirely sure that's the case yet, though. Um, we'll see come tomorrow night. But uh, Justin Fields at number three. At number four, I think Kyle Pitts going to Atlanta is becoming more and more certain by the day. Uh, yeah. By the hour, I think that is a, a very high likelihood that that's going to happen. And then Panay Sewell to the Bengals makes all the sense in the world, protecting your young quarterback in Joe Burrow, um, and get a great value at that number five to get the best tackle in the draft. So then we move to number six, six through ten here. Uh, we've got the Dolphins going with Jamar Chase. If he's on the board, I think that's the choice, right? Yes. Uh, the the toss up between for the Bengals seems to be between Sewell and Chase at this point in time. Yep. So we'll kind of uh, see how that plays out. That there's a lot that can start uh, going sideways, starting at probably pick three. Really, who do they go with? Do they end up? Do they take Mac Jones? If not, is there somebody that loves him? Right. Does somebody get excited about uh, Justin Fields or Trey Lance and trade into that fourth spot for Atlanta? Yeah. That's Miami's probably best ticket to get to Kyle Pitts or uh, Jamar Chase at this point. Yeah. Uh, then the Lions uh, adding another weapon, Tom. You, you had taken Jalen Waddle. Yeah, the Lions losing Galladay need some pop on that offense. Uh, they need a lot, but to 
be able to land somebody with his talent right there, I think, helps a lot. Uh, the Panthers going with Mac Jones here. This one, I mean, it could be Rayshon Slater, um, but with Sewell off the board, I think that you're going to want somebody in there that could potentially compete with if Sam Darnold flops. Uh, I yeah. don't think I don't think that they've pushed all their chips on chips in on Sam Darnold being the guy long term. Yeah, they didn't make a big commitment. I mean, they have him for two years if they want it. Yeah. Uh, so then uh, Denver, they've actually this now looks uh, much better than it did even on Saturday. Now that they've added yeah. Teddy Bridgewater to that quarterback room along with Drew Locke uh, to kind of create a competition there uh, in the Mile High City. So Patrick Sertan, the best defender on the board uh, potentially. Yep. Um, He's going to go at number nine to Denver here, which is a bad break for Dallas if they had their eyes on Sertan. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, Dallas kind of has to figure out, do they want the second-best corner or do they go with the second-best tackle at that point? Yeah. So we'll keep moving here. Uh, picks 11 through 15, the Giants, uh, Devontae Smith. Getting a weapon they need. Um, they need some vertical uh, weapons on that team to open it up for uh, Barkley and really to get an idea if Daniel Jones is going to be the guy. If you don't give them weapons, you'll never find out. Um, so we'll, we'll see if that, that helps them out there. Philadelphia lands J.C. Horn here, the second-best corner uh, by many accounts. Yes. And, um, you know, they they missed out on the three receivers here. Yep, they missed out on the three receivers, and they end up with someone who fits their style of defense. They play a lot of man-to-man, and that's that's kind of what J.C. Horn's done his whole career. So, uh, Los Angeles Chargers, they're, they're going to get somebody to help protect Justin Herbert and yes. uh, protect that investment. Uh, that future's bright there in LA, seemingly. So yeah. you know, get Darisa in there. He's he's NFL ready. He can jump in and he'll be playing uh, right from the jump for that team. Uh, Minnesota needs all the offensive line help they can find, and Elijah Vera Tucker offers them a, a versatile addition to their offensive line. Right? Yeah, a guy who'll start inside right away and has the ability to move outside later in his career. Perfect for them. We had Trey Lance fall here into New England's lap. Yes, which aggravated me to no end. But, I mean, if you're the Patriots uh, sitting there and Trey Lance is there, it's perfect. You can, you can grab him now, um, see what he has, and, and kind of move on with that. Yeah, we'll put five years. Yeah. 16 through 20, uh, Arizona grabs uh, the best remaining defender on the board, and a lot of people have as their top defender on the board, and Micah Parsons. Uh, pair him with Isaiah Simmons and some of the other uh pieces that they've yeah. got there. J.J. Watt. Uh, Super athletic. Yeah. It, it's going to be a really, really good defense if they, if they make this selection. So yeah. uh, the Raiders making a, what seems like a Raiders pick here with Tevin Jenkins. Uh, he gets after people, mauls yeah. people. He could really help that running game even further. This pick makes too much sense for the Raiders to actually do it, though, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, something fun is going to happen there. Yeah. Uh, Najee Harris to the Dolphins at 18. Uh, I've heard reports that they're probably going to look edge rusher here potentially yeah um you know so if they get that wide receiver weapon i'm not sure they'll double down with harris here but yeah i think the dolphins are going to have a lot of options at 18 including maybe even trading back if there's a couple guys they're they're happy with like if you're thinking edge no edge rushers going off the board at this point you can right. fall back if you um even if you want to pick up more assets which seems to be what they've been doing the last couple of seasons yeah uh caleb farley uh to the washington football team yeah. um Washington, Washington is the draft network labels them. I saw a video of Caleb Farley telling everyone he's fine. No, yeah. no worries. Um, of course, that's what he would say. That's what he has to say right yeah. now. Um, the Chicago Bears, Greg Newsom, uh, hometown kid, get the best corner remaining in, in my eyes. I, yeah. I have him as the second best corner in this draft above J.C. Horn. 
lower risk than Farley. Uh, there's a lot to like about him. Long. Yeah. A lot of zero touchdown passes this year. Um, had a great season. Yeah, well, true. Uh, let's move on to 21 through 25. The Indianapolis Colts add a weapon in Rashad Bateman. Love that pick for them. Pittman is uh, looking to come into his own there. He, he yeah. had a nice finish to the season. Uh, you had another weapon there, and uh, I think that that's not a bad place for Colts. For is a good, they're a good team. It'll be interesting to see how Wentz acclimates and yeah. gets in there. Um, but the way they run the ball and play defense. Jalen Phillips to the Titans at 22. They've had trouble getting after the passer, yeah. and some people see this as the best pass rusher in the draft. Yeah. So let's see. If he can avoid a concussion, he's going to be a monster. So Yeah. Uh, Quiddy Pay uh, at 23 to the Jets. Doesn't he, he feels like a Robert Sala type of guy. Absolutely, yeah. Super athletic. Powerful. Just uh, can play inside or outside. You know, I, I, like, uh, I like that spot for him. Uh, Landon Dickerson to the Steelers at 24, Tom. Yeah, I mean, uh, this, this this guy screams Steelers. He's tough. Uh, we were talking about during on the, on the pod, he tore an ACL and still played in the playoffs, the college football playoffs, because he wanted to. He didn't have to. His, his draft stock was already locked. He'd already played in all these big games, but he wanted to. He wanted to be there for his teammates and finish it. So um, that kind of toughness is not lost on the people of Pittsburgh. So they, they will love him. No doubt about it. Jacksonville, uh, they get Trevor Lawrence at one, and then they add a running back in Javante Williams here at 25. Yes. Now we go, we move on. Christian Barmore, the best interior defensive lineman in a bad interior defensive lineman class, uh, lands in Cleveland with uh, Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney. (laughs) All of a sudden, that front is frightening. So scary. Uh, The Ravens with Aziz Ojolari at 27. Uh, makes sense. I mean, they, they need some yep. help there. They've, they've lost a little of their... Judon's gone. Judon's gone. Um, Ojolari shows some really good ability, and, and he'll uh, contribute early on for Baltimore. Uh, the New Orleans Saints replace Emmanuel Sanders with Elijah Moore here at 28. And the Saints are another team that's a wild card, because Elijah Moore is like a bonus almost for them, that he someone that talented falls to them. They could definitely take it. It helps them fill a role immediately, but they could go a bunch of different ways. Uh, the Green Bay Packers select Zayvon Collins at 29. Yes. And uh, Zayvon Collins is a do-it-all linebacker. I think that he will be a great addition to their defense there. Um, and once again, Aaron Rodgers will not get a first-round wide receiver. Does he need one? No, it doesn't seem so. I mean, he wants one, but does he need one? Right. At uh, 30, talk about the Bills selection here, Tom. Yeah, so the Bills definitely need help at edge and corner. Um, I think the edge value here is better than the corners. There's been a big run on corners as we've gone over. We've seen, what, four go off the board already? So um, Joe Tryon is somebody who is kind of a Bills kind of guy. He's he's, um, got a big motor, you know, all those cliches. He's going to play every down. Um, He sets the edge very well, which is something they've struggled with. Uh, And he's kind of... I'm not saying he's at the ceiling for pass rush, but he's already a complete pass rusher. He has multiple moves. He gets after it. Um, so it's somebody that then should be able to help him this year and then grow into a bigger role. 31, uh, the Ravens uh, taking advantage of their extra pick from uh, Kansas City here. Yeah. Uh, draft Samuel Cosby uh, to add some help on their offensive line, which has lost a little bit this uh, offseason for yeah. sure. Um, and uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they were in a position, we talked about this, Take the best player that they, they can get here. Yeah. Um, you know, they had a few needs, but 
Jason Owe has uh, the potential to, to really um, shine at the next level. He's an interesting prospect. But he didn't do a lot. His, produ- did not, did not. his productivity was nothing yeah. in college, but his athleticism is, is beyond this world. And eventually Jason Pierre-Paul is going to you know, be moving on at, at his age. He's a little long in the tooth, so um, should be a, a nice place for uh, Owe to jump in. He, they don't need immediate impact starters. So now we're going to move on to round two. And uh, jump in right here with 33 through 37. Jaguars again going offense. Now getting some protection for their new assets. Of a, you know, got a running back. Got the new quarterback. Let's, let's get alignment to protect them. Make all this work. So. Another versatile guy that can play inside or else. Yes. A lot of a lot of experience as well. The Jets land Travis Etienne at 34. Uh, he slips out of the first round. And the Jets scoop him up here. Um, you got Zach Wilson. You had Travis Etienne. You know, that's a, that's a pretty nice uh, spot. And then you, you'd added Quiddy Pay there in the yeah. 20s. So. And then it seems ETN's been a hot topic lately. Um, a lot of people saying that they expect him to go much higher than originally thought. Now it seems um, it is smokescreen season, we'll see. But there are people talking about team, you know, the Bills were mentioned by Todd McShay as trying to trade up into the early 20s to make sure they got him because they expect him to go early. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see. So uh, 35, we've got Eric Stokes going to Atlanta. Uh, corner um, with a lot of ability. Uh, stay right home in Georgia. Yep. Uh, seems like a, a logical fit there. They need help. Um, the Dolphins, they take the best player that was available here, and that's Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Yep. He slipped on our board because he's positionless, really, for the next level. It's hard to yep. you know, find him uh, a defined role every down. Right. Uh, so... I think that somebody's going to fall in love with him and draft him earlier than this, to be honest with you. It's a spot, but as we're doing our mock and he's still sitting on the board, he had to go. Right. Uh, 37, uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. Um, The Eagles get a good um, backup prize here. I mean, they wanted one of the big wide receivers early on. They stayed patient. They didn't reach. They come back here and get a a very talented wide receiver. Um, And Marshall Jr. at 37, that's going to be able to help them right away. He's a little bigger um, wide receiver, but... That works. Yeah. So 38 through 42, uh, Kadarius Tony lands in uh, Cincinnati, so they don't. A similar situation. <laughs> yeah. uh, they go Panay Sewell, uh, passing up on uh, Jamar Chase, and they still land Kadarius Tony, a dangerous So weapon. fast. Yeah. Uh, the Panthers, uh, they get some offensive line help here uh, with Liam Meikenberg. Uh, Denver, they make their selection of Jamin Davis. I think this is a really good pick here. Yeah. Um, the linebacker group is pretty good, and I think we'll see a lot of them as you see in our mock, even a bunch of them going early second round. Jamin Davis is a very good run stopper, um, looks um, pretty good in um, in space, definitely some, some room to improve there, but you know he's not lost, which is, is all you can really ask for coming out of college. Absolutely, and then uh, Calvin Joseph lands here um, with Detroit um, at a corner to that defense. I, I love that pick when I made it for them. I, I think uh, putting them on the other side, him on the other side. And I have two young corners under contract for a while. Um, it's something that they have not had. Uh, and now that it'll be something they don't have to worry about. They're in a division with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you're going to want to, you know, play a little secondary defense. Yeah. If you the Giants need to boost their linebacker core, and they do that with Baron Browning here at 42. I think this is yeah. a good fit for them. Another guy who's multi-talented, play outside. He played both outside and inside at Ohio State. Will probably be more of an outside linebacker. Um, makes plays. 43, the 49ers land uh, Carlos Basham, Boogie Basham, 
at 43. Uh, you know, he, there's talk of him going at the end of the first round. So um, if you can get an edge rusher like this uh, to pair with uh, Bosa, uh, he may play inside and out. He, he's big enough to do that. Yeah. So I, I think he's a nice fit for them in, in his versatility. Yeah, he's a, an amazing production player in college. He's something, someone that doesn't check all the athletic boxes of a, of a traditional edge rusher. That's kind of why he falls. But if you're able to get him at 43, you have to expect some of that production to carry over. I didn't see a corner I loved here for Dallas at 44. So we went with uh, Ronnie Perkins to create some pressure off the edge. I'm a big fan of him. Uh, you know, Jerry Jones is an Oklahoma yeah. guy. He's got connections back there for a long time. Um, so, you know, the Cowboys take Ronnie Perkins here at 44. Uh, Trevon Morig, uh, first safety off the board, comes at 45 for Jaguars, and suddenly they've, they've really added a lot here in our mock. Their, their draft up to this point is very, very good. Um, obviously, it helps getting that Trevor Lawrence bump to your yeah. draft board. But even after that, like if you, if you took Trevor Lawrence off, the rest of their draft is just awesome so far. Yeah. Um, Patriots land Amari Rodgers, they get a weapon in for Trey Lance and uh, yeah. Cam Newton, whoever ends up taking the snaps there this year. Uh, they need help at receiver in a bad way, and, and Amari Rodgers is a nice fit. He's a playmaker. A lot of a lot of wide receiver screens, a lot of run after the catch ability, and, and if you're going to have somebody like Cam Newton who likes to get rid of the ball fast, um, he can make those short catches and turn it into something, and that's exactly what they need. Then the Chargers at a corner here, and Aaron Robinson from UCF talked to me about him a little. He's a solid player. I think uh, being at UCF, he gets a little um, under the radar compared to some of the other names where they play a lot of those SEC wars, and you can see him against the, some of the best um, wide receivers in college football. So I think Aaron Robinson right here, a very under-the-radar great pick for the Chargers, again, to add to that defense as Justin Herbert's coming into his own. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's bounce here. To, hey, Katie. We'll go to uh, pick 48. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, Nick Bolton, uh, linebacker from Missouri, and uh, he's a great run and chase linebacker, and I think a good fit here on that Raiders defense. Yeah, absolutely, and another pick that the Raiders or fans are going to love, physical, gets after it, um, going to be somebody they're going to like to watch play. The Arizona Cardinals, Ed Creed Humphrey at 49, this broke my heart as a Dolphins fan, <laughs> Rick uh, to have Humphrey come off the board right before this. My bad. Yeah. Um, I've been a big fan of Creed Humphrey yeah. for uh, two years now, throughout the course yeah. of his uh, sophomore season, junior season, whatever. His junior name season. just sounds like a football player, Creed Humphrey. Yeah, and he just he shows everything that you want on the football field yeah. every week. Uh, so I think Creed Humphrey's going to jump right in, and I think he's going to be you know, a Pro Bowl caliber center in the NFL. Uh, the Dolphins land uh, their edge rusher here with Gregory Russo falling to 50. Some people have him in the first round at this point. Yeah, heard a lot about him um, this last offseason. I mean, 2019, he come if he would have came out then, he'd probably been one of the top 10, 15 picks in the draft at 15 and a half sacks. Looked amazing. Sat out this year and then was a little sluggish at his pro day. Some people thought he was overweight a little bit, not prepared for some of the drills. But now there's some questions about him going to make him slide a little bit. But the talent is still there, and if you can get some, get him in, get him motivated. His ability is crazy good for, for rushing off the edge. Absolutely. And the Washington football team gets Dylan Radons here at 51. So um, good tackle prospect. Yeah. And, uh, you know, coming out of North Dakota State, uh, so he was under the radar to some people, but he performed extraordinarily well at the Senior Bowl. Um, he's really climbing draft boards quickly. Yes, absolutely. Dwayne Eskridge, I mean, this is a guy who we have him at 52 as I'm looking at stuff 
coming in over the weekend. Uh, he's also his stock is also rising. This may be somebody we hear before pick 45, even like really early in the second round. Uh, big wide receiver, fast, a little bit of that combination that some of these other guys are either fast or big. He's got a little bit of both. Just the Western Michigan um, kind of pulls him down a little bit, but I think scouts are coming along and seeing that ability. The other beauty with uh, Dwayne Eskridge is the fact that he is a team guy. He can play special yeah. teams like crazy. He learned how to play corner in college because they were at such a need for, for help in the secondary. Um, this is a guy that's going to – he's a team first dude, yeah. and I think he's going to be a great contributor on some team in a lot of different ways. Moving on here to 53 through 57. Uh, the oh, Titans picked that. I'm not a big Pat Farmer fan, but he's perfect for them. Yeah. It's obnoxious how perfect he is to go there. Fill that uh, Johnny Smith void yeah. that's been left there. Yeah, and he's not like Johnny Smith. He's a, he's a really good blocker like him, yeah. but he's a different kind of athlete. He's not as explosive, but he's more steady. He's going to he's gonna catch the balls when he's, when he's there. He's great in the red zone. He has a, he has a nose to get open in zone, against zone defense. And we've got the Colts landing Asante Samuel here at 54. Uh, I thought this was a really nice spot for him to, to come off the board to the Colts. Another guy who probably won't won't last this long, honestly. But when you start picking for need, some of these guys and their talent. And, you, you know, if you've watched the draft before, it happens every draft where there's some guys you're like, how is he still there? It's just that right fit at the right time has not happened yet. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers get Peyton Turner, the edge rusher from Houston. Talk a little bit about that fit. Uh, so Peyton Turner is a guy who has a huge upside. Um, limited uh, right now, his, he he relies on his athleticism to win. He needs some refining, and that's something you can get with NFL coaching. Your NFL, your your ability to coach in the NFL versus you know, no offense to the University of Houston, but against the University of Houston is going to be drastic. Um, so he's going to be able to learn a lot quickly, um, and if he hits that ceiling, it'll be a very good pick at 55. Joseph aside to the CLC Hawks at 56. Uh, aside, an edge rusher that some people like a lot more than this, uh, but he feels like a Seahawks pick, right? He's a, he's light, he's light, he's fast, and uh, the Seahawks have shown that they're not afraid to make a selection that's light and fast to, to rush off the edge. They it's, don't mind that speed. Yeah, it's almost their desire. They, they like they like to have one really quick guy off the edge. Yeah, uh, the Rams add Wyatt Davis interior yeah. offensive lineman for the Buckeyes. Love Wyatt Davis. Yeah, you know, big mean guy. And at this point in the draft, there there's some really good interior offensive linemen, and for him to still be on the board yes. uh, late in round two is a nice add for the Rams. 58 through 62. Uh, Nico Collins to the Chiefs, adding another wide receiver, kind of replacing Sammy Watkins here. Yeah. Um, I think that they don't have the big, tall, go-get-it right. receiver right now, and Nico Collins can be exactly that. He's 6'4". Um, he's got all the athletic ability that yeah. you can ask for, 4'4", 40". Um, some easy drops in his career that, that he has to straighten out. But I mean, the Chiefs have to make some decisions at wide out. They're spending a lot of money in other places. Um, so to have somebody who's young under a, a, good, a small contract is going to be very helpful for them. It gives them flexibility with like Miko or Hardman and stuff coming up. But going to need to get paid or move. The Browns needed wide receiver depth, and they get it in Rondale Moore yeah. here. Uh, this is a guy that you can immediately get on the field to try to make plays for you. He catches everything. And uh, you, you put him with Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, if Beckham's still on the roster next year. Yeah. Um, and, and you've got a group that's dangerous in, in three places. So I think that's a nice pick for the Browns. Uh, Javon Holland at 60 to the Saints. The, by some measures, the, the best safety or, or yeah. potentially the best safety in the draft. He's a ball hawk. 
Uh, he finds the football all the time. Uh, so I think this is a nice spot for the Saints to add a player in their secondary. Time to talk about pick 61, the Bills. Ifiatu Mela Fonmu. Yeah, the corner from Syracuse. He's, he's a big. Zone, zone corner. 6'2", yeah. long arms, uh, which are all things the Bills covet in their corners. They, they play so much zone, more than I, I would say probably every other team in the NFL with their secondary. Um, so a lot of zone, and it, he fits that. He's able to drop back in coverage with his long arms. He's He's wide. He can, he can really cover a lot of ground. Uh, and he has a nose for, for smashing uh, ball carriers, which is another thing the Bills covet. So I, I really think the Bills would love to get him a 61. We'll see if he lasts that long. I think he has a chance because of, you know, the, the cover corner is what most of the NFL covets. Um, so he may slip a little bit and maybe able to get him a 61. The things that, that Buffalo loves about those guys that are willing to come up and run support. You know, yeah. That's, that's a big thing here for Malfonio. I think that that's, that boosts him in Buffalo's yeah. eyes above some other guys. At 6'2", 205, he hits like a linebacker sometimes yeah. when you watch some of his tape. It, he really comes downhill and smashes into ball carriers. It's pretty nice. In the final pick of our mock, uh, actually we have a couple more. The final three picks of our mock. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay uh, selects Brady Christensen at 62, um, adding some protection for Aaron Rodgers. So um, <laughs> it sounds like Sheldon Wetmore wants to talk about uh, a little bit more about the Bills. A little right? bit more about the Bills, yeah. We can talk more about the Bills. Oh, absolutely. Um, it, it's going to come down to who's available in that first pick for them. Uh, if there's an edge guy they like, that's that's where they want to go, uh, in my opinion. I know there's a lot of talk about trading up, getting Travis Etienne. I, if you listen to Brandon Bean postseason and pre-draft, all he talked about was getting the offensive line better so they can run the ball more. Um, they have a lot of faith. They drafted two running backs, one in the last two years. So they have a low-cost, easy access to that. They signed Matt Breida in the offseason. That backfield is, is pretty full already. You're only going to dress two of them. I don't see them drafting one in the first round. It doesn't seem to be their thing anyways. They've had chances to do it. And they, they haven't even considered it so far. So I think you're thinking edge. And then get whatever corner you can get in the second round to put on the other side of Detroit. Well, you don't need the premier corner because you already have that. You can get another guy who's a good starter in the NFL and put him on the other side to improve that. So I think edge, corner, and then uh, they can pretty much pick off the menu after that. I think that you know supporting those two positions is the most important thing yeah. for them moving forward. Long term. A lot of people, they need to improve the running game. I think that improving the running game is going to come through development of their offensive line. Yeah. Uh, perhaps adding some some interior offensive line competition as we get further in the draft. Yeah, that third round is a very real possibility, though. And you've got you know a backfield that they've invested in that backfield over the last couple of years, and they've seen flashes at times. Yeah. Uh, are they going to see that ever develop into a superstar tandem back there? I don't think that they need to do that. They need to have a formidable run game that they can count on when they've got a lead. And they can bleed the clock. They can run that four-minute offense yeah. that, that runs the clock. So that's an area that certainly needs to be addressed. But the bigger area for me with Buffalo is getting pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. If you don't create pressure on the quarterback, you saw what it did to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl when Tampa was able to create pressure on him. Yeah. So this is kind of what Buffalo needs to pursue at this point. They, you can't just go by committee with a, with a bunch of guys that you know you're, you're not really sold on. So is Epinesa going to turn the corner and, and potentially – be turn, the turn the corner. Yeah. No. I don't know. I don't know. Is he going to develop or not? Yeah. I don't think he's ever going to be. Um, the draft starts tomorrow, tomorrow at 8 p.m. Yeah. 
Um, he's not an actual pass rushing DN. He's a, he's an all around DN. Yeah. You know, he's gonna set the edge for you. Um, hopefully, he's putting on weight as we speak, so he can do that a little bit better next year. Um, but I think as the, as you look at the Bills draft and you look at their their problems on the team, they didn't lose to Kansas City twice because they didn't have a running game. They they lost to Kansas City because they couldn't get after Patrick Mahomes, and when they went to a zone, their corners weren't good enough to keep up with the wide receivers. So you need to fix those two areas. If you want to play against the Chiefs and play for Super Bowls and big games, those are the things you're going to have to do. Uh, one of the things Brandon Bean had said in the um, pre-draft uh, press conference was, how, you know, somebody asked the question, how do, you, how do you compete with Kansas City? He said, Tampa Bay already showed us how. You get after Patrick Mahomes. It's not that difficult. Um, every great quarterback in the NFL has issues if you get at him and you get at him constantly. That's what you have to do. You can't be pressure once in a while and get three sacks. You can get no sacks, but if you're constantly pushing them out of the pocket, constantly making them make plays on the run, they're going to third. Percentage is going to go down. They're going to put more balls up for grabs. It's, it's what works. Uh, the Giants did it against the, uh, the Patriots with Brady. That's how they beat them twice in the Super Bowl. It's what you have to do. And, you know, honestly, I, I don't think that address we're more likely to see Buffalo move up to address it with an edge rusher yeah. than we are to see them move up to, to draft Travis Etienne. So those are reports. Right, yeah, I, I just don't see it. I don't. I don't see them jumping up yeah. to try to grab Travis Etienne. I think they're more likely to jump up and draft someone like Quiddy Pay or yeah. um, Aziz Ojolari, somebody that they think can get after the passer. Or even Jason Oa. I mean, they're they're the, the team that could not start him right away, right? Yeah. They have Addison. They have Hughes. He could sit back and learn from those two guys and and start to put that athleticism to use. Don't hear what I'm not saying. If they're at 30 and Etienne's on the board, it's completely possible. Um, if they have him as a top 15 prospect and they're bored and he falls to them at 30, uh, they may make that move. I just think if they're trading up, there's no way it's for a running back. Yeah. I could be wrong. We'll see. We'll Absolutely. see in about uh, 24 hours. Obviously, the future's so bright for the Buffalo team. They've got so many guys that Thanks, they, they want to be part of that organization now. Yeah. So uh, that culture building that they've done with uh, Bean and McDermott and the leadership that they're getting from Allen, his growth from season one to season three, where he's come in that period yeah. of time you know, from a guy who you didn't know if he could throw the ball at the, at the NFL level yeah. to a guy who's fear. He strikes fear in every opponent that he faces now. Yeah. Um, you know, some credit to Brian Dayball and, and, and what they've done with the offense there. And Chris Sims. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think that Buffalo's got a really bright future, and this draft is really about addressing the needs that, can help them get over the top against the best teams because yeah. they can already beat all the middle teams with what they've got. And let's not and it, and it's about the future, right? You keep you can't just draft for this season. That's that's one of those things. You know, Addison's season, Hughes's season. You have to start thinking about replacements. And when you're going to have money invested in a in a quarterback, and you're paying Trey White fifteen million dollars a year, and you're paying Dawkins and Milano, you're going to have to get cheap options somewhere. And if you can get people under control at the end that can put pressure on the quarterback and only cost you a rookie contract, that's how you're going to do it. Yeah, the, the, the thing is, right now is a great window for them because they haven't yeah. extended Josh Allen yet. Um, once they make that extension, obviously money gets tighter and you have to make choices. And Maybe. That $1 billion TV deal might help a bit. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, NFL. That's nice. It I is appreciate nice. the media deals. Yeah makes things better when you're trying to retain your current play. Absolutely. So let's wrap up uh, what we had for our uh, mock draft. Uh, 
Jabril Cox. Yeah, Jabril Cox to, to Kansas City from LSU. I like him as a linebacker prospect. Yeah, yeah absolutely. A little bit of grit to that Chiefs defense. And uh, Tampa Bay uh, drafting Quinn Miners here from Wisconsin Whitewater. Everyone's we, favorite man crush. Absolutely. And we've already seen that they're not afraid to draft a uh, Division three offensive lineman. They did it already with Ali Marpet, and, and he's had a nice career so Hobart. far there. Yeah, Hobart right down the road here. So uh, Quinn Miners going to Tampa and, and helping solidify that offensive line and yeah. John Brady for another year or two, however long he decides to hang on. So um, we're going to wrap the draft portion of this right now. We want to thank everyone for joining us on Facebook Live tonight. Uh, thanks for the participation. Um, enjoy it anytime you guys want to hop on with questions. We appreciate that. Um, we're going to do more of this stuff as we move yeah. along um, to try and keep it more interactive with uh, with anybody who's listening. So um, we'll thanks to Lion Global, of course, as always. Absolutely, Tom and his team, uh, LionGlobal.com. If you have any uh, media, media needs as far as social media, um, any of your um, basically getting your branding out there, he's tremendous at it. Yeah. And uh, he's helped us through this. Um, visit us at HammeredSportsPod.com. Of course, Hammered Sports Podcast on Facebook, where you're probably watching us right now. And uh, you can find us on Spotify, um, you know, across the board, iTunes, and any anywhere you can find your favorite podcast, you can search for the Hammered Sports Podcast. Just tell Alexa or Google to play the latest uh, episode of the Hammered Sports Podcast. She'll take care of you. Yep. And we'll be, uh, we'll be continuing um, off Facebook Live with the remainder of our podcast. Uh, podcast tonight where we'll talk a little UFC and a little golf um, and some things that uh, you know don't necessarily pertain to the exciting <laughs> NFL draft tomorrow yeah. night. So thanks again for joining us everybody. It's been a great time. See ya. We are back and thanks again to uh, the Lion Global team for their help with uh, the live video and now we'll proceed with the uh, old school I guess, huh? podcast and uh, we're going to give some picks and some wagers here now. I should have given out some bets on the live feed for the draft, huh? Show them what we do. Yeah. Picking winners, all that kind of stuff. Picking winners. Um, let's talk a little UFC. Yeah. How about that card we just watched? What an amazing event. Everything you love about the UFC. Um, just right there for you. Gruesome uh, injuries. <laughs> that People's I don't careers love that possibly part. coming to an end. Okay, besides that. Um, you got five... Five fights on the main card. All of them end in stoppages of one way or the other. Um, you got some crazy emotion with um, Thug Rose getting her belt back. And just her intensity before the fight was just yeah. insane. And then for her to win it in such dramatic fashion. And then uh, get the belt and just kind of have that um, related moment. And then seeing her with Pat Barry. And, like, all that was just awesome to see. Um, yeah, it was really nice. So, you know, let's talk about the, the results from it a little bit more. Uh, Chris Weidman's injury. I mean, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Holy cow. And how strange that he was part of the first one with Anderson Silva. Um, when Silva snapped his leg. Yeah, brutal. On Weidman with a low kick. And then Weidman just absolutely folds his lower leg in half. Breaks both yeah. bones in his lower leg. But he's talking about training and preparing for his comeback. So, yeah, um, these, these guys uh, are immune to uh, fear. Like they just hop back on that horse, you know. Valentina Shevchenko just completely dominated. She's an amazing athlete. Yeah, finishes in round two and felt like she could finish whenever she wanted to. And when you look at her versus Andrade, Andrade looks bigger. Yeah, 
but Valentina bullied her in all the grappling exchanges. Um, she's just so scary at, at her weight. We had finishes uh, all throughout the card, really. Yeah, all five. Oh, and then even before that, a one-armed guillotine. Yeah. I wrote one-armed uh, rear naked. I, right. Wow. Crazy uh, to see. How about Anthony Smith kicks the peroneal nerve of Jimmy Crew? It was like the second time right, we've seen this. Right behind the knee, basically. Just above the knee is where the kick yeah. landed. Um, and it uh, he basically shut the nerve down to Crute's lower leg. So Crute was walking around with drop foot, turning his ankle repeatedly. Like I, I think he was more injured from himself walking around, trying to walk on that yeah. foot that he couldn't feel. It's one of those things they say, give it a couple hours and it'll work itself out. But yeah. you don't have a couple hours in a fist fight. So. Yeah. So he was very upset that the fight was stopped, but he admitted afterwards that he was going to have to pull guard because he couldn't yeah. feel his leg. And, uh, you know, that would have made for a boring finish. I'm glad that they stopped the way that they did. Yeah, the one of two things would happen. Either it would just stay there for the next couple rounds and be lame, or Anthony Smith was going to land a couple big punches from the top, and that would right. have been it either way. So, yeah. um, Kurt's not exactly uh, known as a finisher from the bottom. Right. So, um, and you then, know, you know, and... I know. Uh, Kamaru Usman landed one of the cleanest straight right hands you'll ever see in it MMA. Or looked like a movie. It did, and the the sweat just <laughs> and water just yeah. explodes in the air off of Masvidal as he takes that punch and takes a dive, and uh, he gets knocked out. And that does not happen to Jorge Masvidal. No, he, they actually talked about it almost uh, right before the fight, talking about how it doesn't matter. He doesn't get finished. Nobody finishes him. Yeah, he'll lose, go out on a shield, but he will not. You know, he finishes the fight, and he got slept so hard, he didn't even know what happened. He was yeah. in disbelief when he came to about it. But, yeah, and, uh, looked like Drago and Rocky with all the sweat come flying off. And, right. But uh, just everything about that card was so good. Yep. So, um, you know, let's uh, let's talk. There is a card this weekend. Um, you know, and we've got... It's, it's not a loaded card by any stretch, but... Um, We've got Dominic Reyes, right, headlining yeah. this one against uh, Prohaska. And then um, Cyril Gaon is on this card. Is that Did I see that? Yeah. Oh, no, wrong card. Wrong card. Um, Reyes, Prohaska. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? And Reyes at one time, obviously, was a very, very top-end contender. He's still yeah. number three. Yeah, I mean, you have two of the top guys at 205 kind of battling it out. Yeah. Jiga Chikadze against Cub Swanson, who's been around forever. Yeah, Cub, Cub Swanson literally been fighting forever. He looks like a guy who's been fighting forever, too. Yeah. Ian Kutalaba against Dustin Jacoby. Uh, Sean Strickland and uh, Christoph Jocko, that's a that's a decent fight. Um, Rob Devalishvili against Cody Stamen. I love that fight. That should be fun. Um, anything you else? You want to see some damn good wrestling. Yeah. Rob is the man. Yeah. And Stamen's not... Yeah, he's no slouch. Not too bad. Pollyanna Botelio, um, she had a really nice win, I think, for the last time or the time before that, she, but it was a really nice finish. Um, Luana Carolina, I'm not really familiar. Yeah, I'm not... Could be... They're fighting in the women's flyweight division. Um, so, and then that's on the main card. Uh, decent main card. Yeah. And uh, it's on uh, ESPN+. Plus. Is it on ESPN2? Yeah, it's on ESPN2 as well. Uh, Randa Marcos is going to fight. Uh, against Luana Pinheiro. Uh, let's see, any other names? Kai Kamaka against TJ Brown. In a featherweight, that'll be a slug. Kai Kamaka likes to slug it out. 
Yeah. Um, Picolitis against Bular, KB Bular. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a, it's a thinner card for sure, but that's expected after a three title fight card. Yeah. Um, and then down the line, we've got some, some other ones, Sandhagen and Dillashaw. I think on this May. one's being canceled. Uh, Dillashaw, I think he uh, got he got cut over his eye in training. Oh, yeah. And he's going to have to be out, so they're trying to figure out what to do with that card because, um, of course, our boy Gregor's rematch, or fight, was, you yeah. know, he got a new fight lined up for this, and now the card's in jeopardy. They don't have a lot of fights lined up for it. If you go to the UFC website, they have two fights on it, one of them is Dillashaw, which he's already been declared out. So I'll pull up that May 15th card real quick. I'm going to be in Las Vegas for that May 15th card, and I think there were... Uh, I think there were a couple of uh, all oh, of that, yeah. yeah, Charles Oliveira and Michael Chandler. Yeah, this is their next pay-per-view. Yeah, I uh, cannot wait to to be sitting in a sports book in Las Vegas watching Oliveira Chandler, and then uh, they've also got Leon Edwards against Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz fight, Tony Ferguson and Benil Dariush, Kaylin Chukagian, Vivian Arajo, uh, Shane Burgos and Edson Barbosa. Man, I'm old fighters a, everywhere. In this I'm one. gonna have a great time. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect way to spend a Saturday evening in Vegas. It is. Oh, on Jacare's fighting on the undercard. Hermanson and Hermanson and Edmund Shabazian. Man, there are some really, really good. And uh, Shevchenko's little sister is fighting on the maybe older sister. I can't remember. Is fighting on this card as well. So, man, oh boy, I'm I'm gonna be having a good time that night. I, I probably. Uh, the nice thing about that in Vegas is it's three hours earlier, so it's yeah. going to be over by 10 p.m. I got a bowl at like 7 a.m. the next morning, so could be challenging. And then down the line, you've got um, Adesanya Vittori um, in June. Yeah, that was just kind of put together. Um, should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So um, let's talk about, let's move on to the Valspar Championship this weekend, Tom, and uh, some things that we, we see in the Valspar Championship, so... Uh, canceled last year due to COVID. Uh, prior to that, 2019 and 2018, the same gentleman came out on top, and <laughs> Paul Casey is a gentleman, right? Yeah. He seems like a great guy. He's so much fun to follow. Um, Paul Casey wins two years in a row. So you do have some bigger-name players in this event, including Justin Thomas. Um, he's he's going to be participating. We've got, uh, let's see, where are some of the other names? that are on the, the docket for this weekend. Uh, Justin Thomas is the, the favorite. Dustin Johnson, plus 1,000. Uh, JT is plus 900. Patrick Reed and Corey Connors at plus 2,000. Uh, Paul Casey is plus 2,200 as the two-time defending champion. That's crazy. Yeah, Victor Hovland, Louis Ustazen, um, Scotty Scheffler, uh, Phil Mickelson's going to play, Justin Rose, Bubba Watson, Charlie Hoffman. So a lot of good names uh, on this in this group this week. So, um, look at all the, every time we, you look at expert picks, it's always guys that are like right near the top of the wagering board. Yeah. So we use Tazen plus 3000 is one of the selections we see here. That's um, Corey Connors. Corey Connors is plus 2000. Patrick Reed plus 2000. So, you know, obviously there are some, some good prices there. If I'm going to take one of the shorter prices at plus 2000, I'm going to take Patrick Reed out of that group. Um, I just like the way he's been playing. Um, and, you know, he's just such a com uber competitive guy. I always feel like he's got a chance if he's in contention uh, come Sunday. 
Uh, some of the guys a little further down that I'm going to pick this week, Kevin Knott, plus 5,500. He's performed well in this event in the past, and uh, I feel like he, he could be very competitive this weekend. And um, Who'd you and pick? Kevin Knott. Yeah, I like it. Plus 5,500. And uh, another one at uh, plus 5,000. This seems to be a ball strikers course, and one of the best ball strikers on tour is Charlie Hoffman, and he's at plus 5,000. Um, so those are those are going to be my uh, off-the-board selections, the ones that are a little further down. Um, plus 5,000, plus 5,500. Um, I like that price range uh, when I'm throwing in a ticket. So, um, Tom, do you see anything that you really like here? Well, let's see here. Uh As we sit here, the Knicks uh, bounce back from their first loss in the last 10 games with a comfortable 19-point victory over the Bulls. That's always nice, right? Absolutely. Anytime we can beat the Bulls, I'm happy. I know. It goes back to the 90s, guys. You might not get it if you're not as old as us. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I would take a decent shot at Max Homa, plus 7,000. Yeah. Give, give me some of that. Um, maybe... Man, he already took Kevin now. That was, that was a good one. Not as long, but Joaquin Neiman at 3,500. I like that. That's a good one, too. Um, yeah, guys who are going to be in the fairway, good iron players. Seems to be kind of the recipe here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a couple picks for you for the Valspar. Again, not one that we spend a ton of time on. Not a, not a major event or uh, a large event on the, the PGA Tour, really. So... Um, their schedule coming up, uh, I just want to take a quick look at the PGA Tour schedule uh, because there are some other events that are right around the corner that are going to be really fun to watch. Um, we've got... Yeah, the summer is loaded for the PGA Tour, obviously, with the Olympics mixed in with the rest of um, And we have a, you know, a fall time. We get the Ryder Cup this year again, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you, you have a lot. After the Vals Bar, we got Wells Fargo. Byron Nelson, yeah. Um, so you're gonna have some good stuff coming up here. We only have we are only three weeks away from the PGA Championship. At Already, Island. yeah, yeah. So you've got uh, the Valspar. The next week is the Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow. Um, then the AT&T Byron Nelson. Then the PGA Championship. So um, and then two weeks later is the Memorial Tournament. And then two weeks after that is the US Open. So yeah. The Tory Pines. Over the next uh, two months, you're going to have a lot of fun golf to watch, and you're going to get a lot more focus from us on some of these bigger events uh, that are upcoming. I'm, I'm really excited about the PGA Championship at Kiowa. Uh, last time it was, uh, I think it was pretty wet the last time they played there, and Rory was dominant. So uh, we'll see if they can get drier course conditions and have that wind whipping. That can be a really fun a fun place to watch golf. So, And then the U.S. Opens at Tory Pines. Yeah. Uh, we all know some of the classic finishes that have happened there with the uh, the Tiger Woods Rocco Mediate playoff back in, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but it was 2000, I can't, 2005, maybe? That's quite a ways back. But um, we're going to talk now, we're going to wrap up the show tonight with some best bets for the draft. Uh, we didn't talk about it on our live feed tonight, uh, but we are going to talk about it now and some of the prop bets that you can make on the NFL draft because it feels like this is an area that we should be kind of locked in, right, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. There, There's some... Uh seemingly easy picks. I know it's tough to say, but yeah, uh, I'm looking at some here. Uh, this one I'm looking at right now, the Kyle Pitts draft position to get over five and a half. So six or later plus a hundred. Yeah. That does not seem out of the realm of possibility. Um, I, I don't, I, I think that he's going to go up four though. I'm so confident yeah. in that at this point that 
I'm not even looking for a price on that. I, I would be willing to lay the juice that he ends up going before before six. Um, you know, you've got some easy ones like Trevor Lawrence is minus ten thousand to go first overall. Um, Put the bankroll on it. Yeah, Zach Wilson's minus five thousand to go a second overall, and then you've got some. You can get Mac Jones at minus two thirty to go three. Um, plus 250 on Trey Lance, and plus 350 on Justin Fields. So yeah, um, if you feel like Mac Jones has been a smokescreen there at number three, um, you know you may be able to, to toss a little money on Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Uh, Najee Harris is uh, minus 250 to be the first running back selected. Panay Sewell minus 700 to be the first lineman selected. Trevon Morig minus 650 to be the first safety selected Almost that's Holland? one that's one javon holland is plus 525 oh, yeah, i like that and pick I your flavor there's a chance that somebody could really like him yeah. right yeah i mean he's a more of a traditional safety right he he plays the deep deep safety role very well so yeah if that's what you're looking for um and and we might not see the first safety come off the board till the second round which puts all of them kind yeah. of you know the top two or three up for grabs for that spot there who will be the first defensive lineman drafted? Jalen Phillips, even money. Quiddy Pay, plus 125. Christian Barmore, plus 450. Gregory Russo, plus 1,000. And Jason Owe, plus 2,500. So I like Quiddy Pay to get selected before Jalen Phillips, potentially. Yeah. Um, I think that at plus 125, there's a good chance that he ends up going before. Because of the concerns about uh, Phillips and his concussions in the past, I think he could get pushed down some draft boards. And Quiddy Pay will come off the board because there's not those same concerns. So that's one that I'm going to lock in right now. I'm going to put a wager on it myself um, as we sit here. So uh, Quiddy Pay at plus 125. There's some crazy ones out here, too. Uh, will a team's draft pick get moved back due to missing a pick? Um, I can remember Minnesota having that happen to them the one year where they didn't have yeah. their pick in time. Well, that's plus 850. I'm going to guess no. Right. There are uh, some other ones that are, you know, you're going to pay some juice to over four and a half wide receivers in the first round, minus 350. Um, over a half are running back selected, minus 400. So is their running back going to get picked in the first round? I think one is probably yeah, this year. At least my one of my favorite plays, it's minus 140, but I, I feel really good about it. Um, I've done a lot of looking at it. We had 20 offensive players in the first round. Yeah. Um, that was 12 defensive players. So you can bet um, under 13 and a half defensive players selected in the first round at minus 135. And I think that that's, I, I, I really think that that's a, as good a bet as you can make right now based on the way that I've seen everything shaking out here. So, you know, I really believe that's a good play. Um, who will be the first receiver? Who will be drafted first? Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith? You can get Devontae Smith at plus 165 if you think he'll get selected before Jalen Waddell. Um, Devontae Smith, you know, are, are people going to be that concerned about his frame that he's going to fall below Waddle in this, even though his productivity was much higher in college? Yeah. It's possible, I guess, but um, that might be worth a piece at plus 165. Some of these are hilarious. They have a huge section of the exact outcome of the top three picks. Yeah. If you're confident in Lawrence Wilson, which I think most of us are pretty comfortable with that, you can take your chance with your quarterback of choice and like Lawrence Wilson and Lance plus two fifty. Yeah. That ain't bad. Right. Um, you've got first round um, LSU players drafted. Over one and a half is plus one fifty. So are there two LSU Chase. players? 
Jace. It's guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And then what? Yeah. Then what? That's the that's the hard part for me. Like, who, who's next? Jabril Cox? No. No. I don't think so. Um, that might be it. I I don't see. Terrence Marshall is the is the, is the question. Yeah, but he's not first. Is he going to go in the first round? Is somebody going to love him enough to draft him in the first round? There's almost too many of us to get through all of them. Yeah, um, over one and a half Miami University players drafted in the first round. The over is one is minus one eighty. So you've got Jalen Phillips, potentially can... Gregory Rousseau. Yeah. And then where are the what's the other options out there? Nothing after the DNs, right? I mean, I don't, I don't recall anyone else that's going to go that early no. from Miami. No, does so, it have an Alabama one? Because I'm betting the over. <laughs> I don't care what it yeah, is. Yeah, over five and a half Alabama players minus two twenty. So you have Mac Jones probably. Mm-hmm. You got the two wide receivers, Smith, Waddle. You got Sertan. Yeah. So you got four, and I would say those are guaranteed. Right. Can we get two more? It might be hard to Christian get Christian Barmore. Christian Barmore, yeah, he should be there, so there's five. And yeah. then it becomes, do one of the old linemen sneak up into the bottom? Alex Leatherwood or Landon Dickerson. Yeah. yeah. You're telling me there's a chance. There is a chance. That might be a fun one. But it's minus 220. But in the other way. Yeah. I bet those old linemen stay in that second round. Right. Najee Harris. We included him, right? Oh, no, we didn't. So you have the chance of Najee Harris or either of those two old linemen will put you over. Right. So you'd be basically betting that none of the three of those guys get selected in the first round. That that to me seems like over 12.5 SEC players in the first round. That would take some serious calculating on my part that I'm not prepared to do right now. (laughs) Um, But I, I like it. Yeah. Rashad Bateman minus one eighty to get drafted before Kadarius Tony. I, I think that Bateman probably is going to go before yeah, I Tony, agree. right? He's more of a complete wideout. Yeah. And then J.C. Horn is actually minus two hundred to get selected before Micah Parsons. Isn't it possible a team falls in love with Parsons' skill set? Yeah, Parsons is awesome. Yeah. But I think corners are more valuable than that. So. Right. So. You know, and then Caleb Farley, I think, was... I'm trying to see where he was here. Because it was like... Plus... It was plus money to be selected before... Let's see, I can find it here momentarily. Caleb Farley, over under 25 and a half. So, is he going to be picked before selection 25? What do you think, Tom? Do you think Farley can come off the board before 25? I think he can. I think it's it becomes... It, it's just tough because we don't have a, a... We don't know what the teams see in the medicals. The medicals. If you have one team from the top 25 that clears him completely, he's probably going. Yeah. He's that talented. I like... Uh, I actually like Trevon Morig over 27.5 for his draft position. I think that... The safety class is not strong yeah, enough. I don't think anyone. And potentially, yeah, and potentially someone goes uh, Javon Holland first anyway. So yeah. uh, that one's minus one twenty, and I like that play. So let's lock in what we do like so far, Tom. Um, I'm on Quiddy Pay uh, to be the first edge rusher selected, 
Uh, I'm going to be on Trevon Morig over 27.5 for his draft position, and I'm going to be uh, defensive players under 13.5 selected in the first round. Oh, boy. Um, I like this one. It's, it's minus 180, but over 4.5 trades. Over 4.5 trades? You think it'll be that, that crazy? I think it almost always. Almost yeah. always. Trades lots of Yeah, I feel like there's going to be a ton of trades. There's, you can bet on anything. There, you can all these people. You can bet on if they're trading their pick, if they're going to pick a quarterback, or pretty much any position you want. Um, and then you can draft the position that each team is going to select yeah. first. And uh, like Miami, it's minus one forty to select wide receiver first. Um, if there's ever a time to, to pick against that, it's now because they traded away Eric Flowers. There's, they're talking about Panay Sewell, and uh, Sewell may be there. Or maybe the option at six if Cincinnati passes and takes Jamar Chase. So you can get plus 400 on that um, to potentially take Panay Sewell at six. If you think that's where he's going to land, that's a good price. Yeah, I mean, I there's some really interesting ones when you start talking about um, you know who will be the first running back drafted here. Uh, Najee Harris is the favorite at minus 250. Um, ATN is plus 175. Right. I mean, you can get plus money and eat someone liking ATN's all-around ability more than Harris's. Um, that one's interesting. Uh, let's see here. Did you go with the safety one? Trevon Morig, yeah. Or will the first safety be yeah, drafted? I didn't. I didn't put that on. Yeah, I'm gonna do that one because I the the plus five twenty five is what makes it attractive. I mean, when you're looking at Morig and Holland, it's you know gonna be a little bit of which team likes which flavor, which one pulls the trigger first. But with those odds, and it, it, it seems to be a one-two kind of race here with those two guys. You're getting over five to one on yeah. the chance that Javon Holland goes to over Javon Morgan. I think that's a good price. Um, I think that Sertan being the first corner selected at minus three hundred isn't bad if you're willing to lay the juice. I also like who would be the first defensive player drafted, and that's Sertan at minus one fifty. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, it seems with with the absence of a of a consensus edge rusher. Corner's the, the most consistent position that, that you see drafted first on, on any mock draft I've ever seen. All right, guys. Um, so tomorrow night is the NFL draft, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Um, hopefully you get a chance to check out this podcast prior to that. Um, we look forward to recapping the NFL draft next week on the Absolutely. episode. Uh, we'll talk about the Valspar and maybe sprinkle in a little talk about the UFC, but primarily it'll be um, NFL draft reaction. Yes, um, and uh, we'll look to be uh, doing some more live videos along the way as well. So um, stay tuned in, Hammered Sports Podcast on Facebook, uh, HammeredSportsPod.com. And uh, thanks again for your participation, everybody, and we look forward to talking to you next week. See you.